What does being courageous mean to you? Is it being brave enough to run into a burning building to save someone? Is it standing up for what you believe in or maybe standing up to protect others? Most of us grow up with the idea that courage is a good thing to have, but we're not always courageous in the things that we do. Our guest for the 252nd episode of the Copywriter Club podcast is Heather Hubbard. She's the founder of Simple Courage, a movement that is helping people embrace courage and change their lives. And we think that you're going to like what she has to share. But first, before we get to that, Kira is still on maternity leave. This is starting to feel to me like the never-ending maternity leave. And so I have my special guest host to help with some of the comments on this episode, Tamara Glick. Tamara is a copywriter, brand stylist, brand voice specialist, and so many things. She helps us uh, with some of the stuff that we do in the think tank. Tamara, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Rob. Man, oh man, I am so excited about this conversation. This is the deep, meaty stuff that I love. Like, forget the small talk. Tell me about your biggest fear and your deepest secret. I'm a vault. That's everything I want to know. So thank you so much for having me back for this one, Rob. You're not getting my deepest secrets, but we'll uh, we'll maybe talk about some other things on this show. <laughs> so. And also, just as a reminder, Tamara's actually been on the show as a guest before. That's episode number 142 of the Copywriter Club podcast. If you want to listen to what she shared there, all about like style, uh, copy style, all of that stuff. Uh, it's really good, really good interview. So check that out. So before we get into our interview with Heather, though, uh, I'm going to switch things up a little bit. And instead of telling you about the Copywriter Think Tank, which of course is still available if you're interested, go to copywriterthinktank.com. But uh, next week, we are opening up the Copywriter Accelerator, and this is our 16-week program. We only do it twice a year. This is the last time that we're doing it this year. Um, it opens up next week. It's eight modules talking about things like mindset, packages, processes, pricing, branding, getting yourself in front of the right clients, X-Factor, all of the things that lay the foundation for a successful business. It's not a course. It's a program that you go through with a community of other copywriters and as we'll be sharing in the free Facebook group and in other places, there have been some amazing copywriters who've gone through the, that program and just done really incredible things with their business. And so if you are interested in hearing more about the Copywriter Accelerator, go to thecopywriteraccelerator.com, get on the wait list. Uh, this next week, there'll be a webinar all about pricing. The webinar is free, so you can check that out, learn a little bit more about the accelerator and see if it's a fit for your business. Uh, if you've done anything with us before, you kind of know that Kira and I aren't into the hard sell thing, but we will tell you the information that you need to make a decision to see if this is right for you. So go to the copywriteraccelerator.com. Uh, if you're listening to this between August 24th and September 1st, the doors are open. So get yourself in there. If it's before that, uh, get on that wait list. And if it's after that, sorry, you're going to have to wait until next year. So here we go. Okay. So let's jump into our interview with Heather, with her story and ask her how she became the founder of Simple Courage. I mean, it's a really long journey and a really long story, so I'll try to keep it brief. Um, I was going through a lot in my life at um, a point in about, I don't know, 2011, 2012, and I started on this journey of really trying to discover 
who am I? <laughs> what am I here to do? And why is my life a complete mess? It looks great on the outside, but inside, internally, it's a mess. And so it was on that journey that I really had to start looking at my own fears. And it was during that time that I discovered the concept of simple courage for myself. And I thought, oh, that's really brilliant. And it was one of those like moments, those like aha lightning moments where I was like, oh, this is good. This is really good. This is not just for me. And so I wrote it down. I got a Sharpie and I got a post-it note out and I wrote down Simple Courage and I posted it up on the wall in front of my computer and my desk because I knew that it was really, really good and it needed to be shared with the world. And so I you know, just looked at it and sat on it for, I don't know, five, six years because <laughs> this is what we do when we're afraid to bring something to the world. I thought it was too big for me, too big for my voice. And I had recently, I, I was a lawyer, I was a partner at a really large law firm. I was a strategic coach and consultant. And so I thought everyone wanted, you know, my brains and my strategy and my advice. And that's how I would monetize my life. I wasn't sure that I could actually bring a mission, a message, a movement to the world. And so it literally sat up on that wall. I kept still looking at it for years and years and years. And um, I guess I was slowly doing just little bits and pieces with it. And in May of 2019, I decided that I was really going to develop a keynote around it because I was already doing a lot of public speaking. And so I did that. And then in May of 2020, during the pandemic, I decided I was going to stop the podcast that I had, Hustle and Flow, and move to Simple Courage. And the pandemic really did a number on my business. I used to do really high-end masterminds, coaching, consulting. And I knew I had to pivot. And I was like, well, if I'm going to pivot, why not go all in on Simple Courage? And so, um, and that's when you and I started working together fall of last year. And here we are. We're recording this, you know, now in May of 2021, and it's we're about to do our founders launch. So it was a six year journey. So, Heather, you know, when you, you said your life was kind of a mess or whatever, like tell us a little bit more about that. What was so messy? Because being a, you know, a high end attorney, like leading you know, masterminds, whatever, that sounds pretty great. So, what was the mess? So the mess was that I had a lot of really dysfunctional relationships um, personally, you know, with my husband, with friends, with my family, with my colleagues, with my bosses. And what I mean by that is I, I was very much a people pleaser and I didn't have very good boundaries at all. And quite frankly, I let people walk all over me. I don't think I realized I was doing that. Um, but I, it was pointed out to me from a therapist when I was um, doing an intervention with my husband. So there was a year when literally everything in my personal life seemed to be just going wrong. So my husband was uh, an addict. I had been covering that up for years. My, um, my sister died that same year. I was in a walking boot for eight or nine months that year because I tried to run a half marathon and had a stress fracture. It just seemed like everything was going 
wrong. And so I was showing up in the courtroom. I was showing up in boardrooms, being big and brave and, you know, fighting. And yet behind the scenes, it just seemed like my life was, you know, like I was a fraud, right? Like I was a complete mess um, in so many different ways. And yet no one had a clue. No one had a clue. How do you come back from that? What are some steps you take when you realize things aren't aligned and I'm showing up one way, my life is a different way? What happened behind the scenes to get you to the point where you were able to make those bigger life changes and business changes? I mean, unfortunately, I feel like everything had to fall apart for me to be ready to actually make a change. And I would love to say that like, I saw it coming or I was being proactive. I mean, the truth is I really do feel as though um, I fell hard (laughs) on the floor and was like, something has to give like this. There's something, there's something wrong. And I don't even know what it is, but I know, I know that I, I need to seek out answers. And so for me, it was really organic I just started seeking, and that's the only word I know to use for that. I just started seeking. And so I started exploring anything and everything, consuming a lot um, from different types of therapies um, to reading books, um, yoga, meditation, retreats, EMDR. I feel like I just immersed myself in anything and everything, and I was just open to there must be there must be an answer out there. Um, but even that in itself, you know, that was a journey. And what I found was there is no, <laughs> there is no answer. I really was looking for that how-to book, that formula, that checklist. And um, it didn't exist, unfortunately, because that was my preference. Just tell me what to do and I will do it. So the yeah, the perfect checklist didn't uh, exist, but you created this formula for yourself uh, tell us a little bit about what simple courage is. What is what does it mean? What, is, what does that look like? In many ways, it's it's not even a formula. It's something I'm still discovering. Simple courage for me. What so so many people had always told me that I was courageous and that I was fearless because they saw my outward appearance, and in many ways, it was true. Um, because often I am fearless in business and. Like there's just no fear there. And so it looks like I'm courageous, but I'm not really. Um, But so many people used to say that to me. And so I started to think, well, if I'm courageous in these areas of my life, then surely I can find a way to be courageous in these other ways as well. And so I really started to explore my relationship with fear and the way that it was showing up in my life, because so many people had always told me that I, I didn't have fear that I thought I didn't, which wasn't true at all. I did have fears, but it turned out that as I like peeled back the layers, I realized that all of my fears were wrapped up in not being enough, disappointing people, not being worthy enough. Um, It really related to, to all of these roles and expectations that others had for me and that I had for other people. So it was just this fear of never being able to live up to my potential or to live up to expectations. And it was in that process that I started to become open to the concept um, that what if like everything that I had told myself was wrong? And what if everything that others had told me 
was wrong. And a lot of this came from mindfulness concepts. A lot of this came from 12 step concepts. And I was like, what if courage is not this like extraordinary running into um, a fire or, you know, going out and like leading the charge in some, uh, you know, business setting or, you know, activist setting, maybe it looks a little bit more subtle than that. And for me, it was taking small steps. So like each and every day, like I was just getting a little bit more uncomfortable with what it looked like to show up in a way that felt true to me, but that the world was telling me was wrong and inappropriate. Um, and it, it almost, in many ways, it almost took me out, uh, because I didn't have a support system. I didn't have anyone trying to help me move through that. And it's really hard to be uncomfortable. Like we say that, like, it's not a big deal, but it's a big deal. Um, and so it's really, it's really not a formula for me. It's really about just being open, uh, being curious to exploring where did these stories come from? And do I want to choose a new story? And if so, what does that look like? And am I willing to take a small step in being a little bit braver in a new area each and every day? I suspect that I will be exploring and learning things about myself with simple courage until the day I die, whether that is tomorrow or I'm, you know, 111. Can you talk us through the different types of courage or just how we can think about it? Because I feel like since since learning from you and working with you, it's changed the way I look at courage too. And I feel like you're really good at talking about the, the different perspectives we can take so we have that awareness. Yeah. So in my mind, there are four types of courage. And one is not really a type of courage, but I think we think of it in that way. So it's worth talking about. Um, and the first is fearlessness. So I was referring to that earlier. Um a lot of times when we think of courage, we actually think of fearlessness because we see someone doing something that we wish that we could do, but we're afraid, right? Um, so when we think about fear and fearlessness, it's really about the actor and not the act. Um, some people are not afraid of jumping out of an airplane and others are. Some people are not af afraid of public speaking and others are. So it's not that the thing is scary. It's just what you perceive. So if you do not perceive something as scary, if you don't, if you're not afraid, then you don't actually need courage because you are fearless. So that's the first category. The second category is extraordinary courage. And in my mind, this was what I had always really thought was courageous. It's, it's what we see in movies. And it's what we hear about, like, as children. These are, you know, they're firefighters, they're police officers, they, they're often in the military, or we think of, you know, like, Braveheart, or someone, like, really going to battle. Um, and even if it's not physical, it, there's still, like, some life-threatening situation there um, where it's, like, really, really scary, and you might die. And few of us are ever really called to show up with extraordinary courage. So, and often, oftentimes we think, well, that's, that's not me, but that's not really the standard. So that's extraordinary courage. The other two types of courage is really where I think we spend most of our time. And one is simple courage and one is false courage. They are indeed the everyday courage uh, that we tend to turn to when we're doing uncomfortable things. Most of us rely on false courage. 
So false courage is when you are scared, you are uncomfortable, but you show up as brave and you really do have to muster up courage, but you're doing it because you think you have to. You're doing it in order to get the approval of others. You're doing it because that is the role and the expectation for you. And it is the kind of courage that in many ways helps us build successful careers. And so we don't think there's anything wrong with it, except it often will take us out. It leaves us feeling completely depleted, exhausted, uh, resentful, frustrated, and feeling as though there is something missing or there is something wrong. Simple courage, on the other hand, is showing up. Again, you're, you're scared, you're uncomfortable, but you must rep the courage to show up in a way that is true to you. Um, and there may be criticism. There may be backlash. There may be repercussions for showing up with simple courage. And it's why so few of us want to rock the boat, right? Like it's easier in so many ways. It feels easier to show up with false courage because we are rewarded by others for showing up in that way. But the problem is it is often a life or death situation, not physically, but emotionally, right? Like it's like a a life and death situation for our soul. This is where, you know, we can go days, months, years, or we're at the end of our life and we're like, Who's, whose life did I just live? And it was because we were so worried about what others would think of us. Um, and so we just fall back into that false courage pattern. And that's really, I mean, that's the mission behind Simple Courage is helping people see that you don't have to live life that way. There is, there is a better way that may feel more uncomfortable in the moment, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. And the results are so that they're just, they're more lasting and that like you have more fulfillment um, and you're more satisfied with who you are at the end of the day. So as you talk about the different kinds of courage, as I think about it, you know, I can think of some situations where it's like, okay, maybe I need to be more fearless or maybe I need extraordinary courage. And there's others where simple courage uh, is needed. But uh, I guess the real question is how do I get started? You know, how do you, you know, because, you know, if, if fear is holding us back or something else is holding us back, like how do we take that first step into courage? I really think in so many ways, the answer is curiosity. Um, as a lawyer, we, like I was trained to be highly critical and judgmental, but I think we're like that as a society as a whole. We're, we're born into families and educational systems. Um, governmental systems, religious systems that teach us that there are rules. There is right and there is wrong. There is good and there is bad. And so if you want to be more courageous in your everyday life, you have to be open to looking at why you're afraid in the first place. So just getting really, really curious as to where is this fear coming from and what am I afraid is going to happen? And you're going to probably start to discover that you were taught things as a child that um, relates to your values and your morals that you never, like, it's not like you developed them, you simply inherited them. And they are so ingrained 
in us and taught that when we go to challenge, right? So if we're curious and we see that, and then we're curious about, well, what would happen if I challenged that? What would happen if I did something different? That's when we start to write like our the fear will like hijack our brains and our bodies. <laughs> and we are like, I'm going to die. I can't do that. And so just being curious as to, well, what is that about? Um, it really does open your eyes at, you know, to see just how strong the grip of fear can be. And then when you start to think about the fact that it's just a story that's been told to you, um, it can change your relationship with how you see it. And then just getting curious um, with trying things out. So you don't have to go all the way, right? Like if you're really, really scared about trying something, like you're like, logically, I get it. It's not that big of a deal. Like logically, I get that if I dye my hair pink, it's not the end of the world, but we might think it depending on our family, our uh, industry, and so it's like, okay, well, maybe I don't have to dye my hair pink tomorrow, uh, but what would be something like a smaller step that I could take that still makes me feel a little uncomfortable, but isn't going that far? And when we stay in that place of curiosity, both in exploring where these stories come from, as well as being able to take small little steps to play a different role or to be a little bit more courageous, it makes it more doable and doesn't have to feel so heavy and so cumbersome. That makes me want to color my hair pink, just, just hearing <laughs> you talk about it. Or maybe just starting with like a little strand underneath here. Um, could you share the examples? So I know we talked through the four types of um, of courage. Can you share an example of each? I mean, extraordinary uh, courage, we kind of get that. It is the firefighter. But can you give your own personal examples for fearlessness simple courage, false courage, and make it a little bit more real to all of us? Sure. Let's see. So fearlessness. Um, I am not afraid. Like, I'm not afraid of a microphone. I love a microphone. Um, so anyone who's ever like, oh, do you want to be on the podcast? The answer is yes, please. Because I love to talk. Like, seriously, like, give me a microphone and I come to life. So I am fearless with that. Whereas I know some people, they get really worried. They want to prepare. They want an agenda. And I just want to have, you know, a genuine conversation. So I am fearless when it comes to speaking in that sense. Uh, an example of false courage for me, um, you know, I still show up with false courage, but less and less because I try to be so aware of it. Um, but, you know, when I was in law firms, especially, and I I was a manager in the law firm and I wanted to be successful. I was often the only female in those rooms. And, um, you know, there were a lot of inappropriate comments that were made. Um, there were a lot of sexual comments that were made. I remember, you know, like you'd walk into an office and there there were guys and they were joking around and they might be looking at a Playboy as they're drinking whiskey. And I wanted access to those rooms. And so I pretended as if those things did not bother me. Not only did I not say anything, like I didn't even let it show up on my face. So in my mind, I thought I was being brave and courageous when the truth is um, I wasn't really being brave and courageous um, at all because it was not aligned with my values. And it did make me feel uncomfortable. So 
a, the flip side of that, like an example of simple courage would be uh, when you do speak up. And I did get to the point where I started being an advocate or I started saying like, this isn't okay. Um, because, you know, if, if you're, um, if you're looking at, right, like if you're sitting here looking at a playboy, then, um, that tells me that you objectify women. And the fact that you guys are sitting around here together, right. In an office setting, not in your own home, a private setting, doing your own thing, then it makes me believe that the reason why we don't have women at the top of the company is because you don't actually take women seriously, um, and I started to have those conversations and indeed, you know, I got feedback once of like, you know, you, you push the, you know, the women's issues too much. And so I potentially could have lost my seat at the table. They still allowed me to be there, but that would be an example of simple courage for me. It was standing up and speaking up, knowing that I might get kicked out. So I think we're sort of getting to that in some of the examples that you've shared, but let's talk about some of the benefits of the results that happen when we really do step into courage. Um, you know, it's, it's not just about, you know, having a seat at the table or keeping the seat at the table, right? It's not just about, you know, being able to jump out of the airplane. Like where does it get us? Well, I can share where it's gotten me. Um, and it's always, it always amazes me to see others results as well. Um, but for me, the more I, for me, simple courage, a lot of it, at least right now, so I'll speak in the context of right now, um, it relates to activism. And so I have been speaking up a lot more on social media, even in developing simple courage. We were trying to decide, like, how much of this do we want to be open and honest that we are a brand that is here to bring down the patriarchy. And we are a brand that is going to be very, very vocal about our beliefs related to uh, social justice and to change. And that took simple courage for us because, you know, we were taught to believe that if you take that strong stand, you're going to lose business. And indeed, when I started taking that stand, we had clients upset. We had clients reaching out and we had clients asking for refunds. Um, and the interesting thing is we always, you know, our number one value had always been like, we believe in a world that is equal and we don't shrink from this belief. And so like we had so many podcast episodes related to racism and diversity and things like that. So it really shouldn't in our minds have been shocking, um, to others where we stood on issues, but we came out and said them in, I guess, an even more direct way than ever before. And we were worried, like, what did, like, is that even the right approach? Because we do believe that everyone needs to come together. And at the same time, we're not willing to make room for people to come in and argue that all lives matter. And so it was, we're continuing to each and every day work through that. But here's the interesting thing. Yes, we lost some customers. Yes, we had people that were upset. And we had even more people reach out to us via email, via private message to say, thank you so much for taking a stand. Thank you for being so courageous. You are modeling behavior that I want to. I want to be able to be more outspoken as well, but I'm worried I'll lose business and I'm not quite where you are, but thank you so much for showing us what's possible. So one of the rewards, right, of, of living into simple courage 
is that you start to see that you're going to get aligned with the people who matter anyway to you, right? Like you're going to attract the relationships that matter most and you're going to lose some people, but you're going to gain others. And life is going to be so much easier when you're working with people who do share those values with you. Um, and it frees you up to speak more. So, you know, if I have one conversation that feels really uncomfortable, well, the next time it's not as scary. And so then I go even a little bit further and a little bit further. And before you know it, like you're just comfortably having conversations that maybe a week, a month or a year ago, like you were afraid to have at all. Um, and so, I mean, that's one benefit. But the thing is, like, it's like I sleep better at night, right? Like, I don't have to pretend and I don't have to fear or worry about, you know, where the country is headed when I know I am rooted in uh, my my truth and speaking my truth such that I know I'm making a difference. Now, for me, that's that's activism. But for other people with simple courage, so I'm thinking of, like, some of the betas that we did earlier this year as we were trying to develop, because it's like, okay, that works for you, Heather, but is it going to work for others? And we had so many amazing examples come out. We had one woman who had not spoken with her father in over a decade, and they started to have a courageous conversation and mend that relationship. We had another person who really started to address the grief of, um, a family member who had been sick where they had just jumped straight into problem solving mode that they didn't even realize that that was, you know, standing in their way. We had someone else who shared that like in the moment as she was having a conversation with her mother and her daughter, they realized that they were passing on social conditioning, um, that they didn't even realize they were doing. They're like, we're, we do like, they are feminists. They want to dismantle the patriarchy. And yet they caught that they were actually passing along social conditioning that had been passed on to them and being able to be aware of that and catch that and stop it in the moment. Um, we had someone else who had some, you know, mental illness in their family and they hadn't been addressing it because of the stigma and they were really concerned about what others would think. And the most interesting piece, at least to me with all of that is when people came in to explore some of the simple courage work in the beta, what they thought they were going to explore were things related to business, right? Like being courageous either in business or activism and turned out they found that there were other areas that they had been ignoring where they needed to be more courageous. And as they explored those areas, they realized that they naturally started to become more courageous in their business as well without actually having to address that issue head on. Like everything is just so nuanced and complicated. And so it always just blows me away where um, other people's journey through Simple Courage takes them. So let's break in here and chat about a couple of things that Heather's talking about. Again, Tamara, you're the perfect guest host for this episode because I know this is the stuff that like you really, really groove on. But yeah, let's talk about courage. How do you practice it? What is it that stood out to you as you heard Heather sharing the four types of courage? Oh my goodness. I think, first of all, one of the things that goes through my mind as I listen to Heather talk and as we think about the concept of courage is the Wizard of Oz. I mean, how can we not think of that, the cowardly lion and how 
he musters up courage and how we all are challenged with mustering up courage in different ways at different points in our lives and different situations in our lives. That is, it's just to me an indelible way of thinking about what it takes to become courageous in different ways and how something that seems so simple can be so challenging. But when I think about the four types of courage, it's just an amazing framework for life, really. I mean, fearlessness, extraordinary courage, false courage, simple courage. Do we not all require each of these four types of courage in some measure or another at different times of life? And the intersections of curiosity, fear, and bravery, it's really where all the good stuff lives, isn't it? I'm going to trust you on that. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. You know, as, as I was thinking through this, uh, you know, and what, what courage really is and what it's not, uh, there are all kinds of examples where maybe we think we're being courageous, but we're actually hiding. And it's actually the opposite thing that, that would be the courageous thing to do, right? So, uh, for instance... Um, you know, it, it might be the, the kind of thing where, you know, you're afraid to stand up for something because, you know, you might get called out or whatever. That's pretty obvious. It takes some kind of courage to do that. But oftentimes we, we do things that we think, well, I'm, I'm showing courage by stepping back or, you know, by doing something. And the, the thing that we really want is the opposite. Uh, you know, for example, you know, we, we might say, let, let's say the, the thing we want is to be on stage speaking, right? Like that is a scary thing for almost everybody. I know Seinfeld has the joke where, you know, the speak, everybody fears speaking more than they fear death, which means that the person uh, that you would rather be the person in the coffin than the person giving the eulogy at a funeral, right? Like there's, there's this thing. It's so scary. Uh, and yet it, I mean, it's, it really, it's our, our system is trying to protect us and saying, you know, you, you be safe, step back, don't do this thing. And we tell ourselves, well, the courageous thing is to protect myself or, or the, the courageous thing is to let somebody else go forward. And really, sometimes we just have to reframe it and say, okay, it's not really fear that I'm feeling. It's excitement, right? It's just manifesting in a way that feels, you know, scary or whatever and, and it takes courage. I don't know if any of that even made sense or not, but uh, yeah, it's, it's this thing where she ties it, where, where Heather ties courage to our values and living our values that really opens my eyes to what is true courage. I think you've said so many important things there, Rob, and in particularly two, one where our vocabulary of emotion in practical use may be so much more narrow than the vocabulary of emotions that actually exist. So we chalk something up to fear when really the fear is, is, is secondary to the deeper emotion that's actually primary, but we're not sure how to express it. So I know that I know what you're saying is true that, you know, a great percentage, 80 or 90% or whatever the metric is of people who are terrified of public speaking. And for me, that's a fearless area. I, I like Heather, love a microphone. Um, thanks again for having me on. I I think that, that that's something that I try to understand, but I don't have firsthand experience with it. There certainly are times where I have felt nervous to be in front of a crowd because of something like 
judgment, something akin to feeling like I could be judged or feeling like maybe there are other people in the room that are better or smarter or different than me, hold different views. Those are the things that I fear. I'm not actually fearful of speaking. I'm fearful of the judgment that could happen. And I think that that is also where you said something else super important, where Heather ties fear to our values. That's the crux of the issue. In the work that I do with individuals on personal style or copy style, or it's really all about self-expression. And to me, that's the thing that people fear the most in the world. It all comes down to being accepted for the self that we express and the truth of the self that we express. And I think that tying fear to values and similarly understanding a greater vocabulary of emotion can really get us to what is the primary thing that that feels like fear, but is actually the reason for the fear. You are wise in the ways of courage. Uh, one of the things that Heather was uh, talking about there with fear too is that you know we sometimes when we start acting out in the way that is true to us, true to our values, we start to repel people, right? So um, especially when it comes to things like standing up for say political beliefs or religious beliefs or some of these things that tend to be very divisive, and we're afraid to do that to turn off part of the potential audience to push away potential clients or even friends and, and acquaintances and oftentimes and I'm, I'm certainly not advocating for like offending all of your friends by doing crazy things here but but I, I think from a marketing standpoint sometimes it's really good to act out of courage in support of those values that we have even though it may repel some of our audience away, it attracts those people who are a better fit for our businesses. Uh, you know, I can think of a lot of examples of, of people who do this um, in different ways. And it's interesting, you know, people talk about it and say this, you know, such and such has, you know, he's so crass or, you know, he, he's so offensive or whatever, but um, that person is offensive to one audience, but it attracts an entirely different audience and is able to make things work. And, uh, you know, if, if that's where your values play, and again, not everybody needs to make politics front and center or religion front and center, or, you know, whether you love Coke or Pepsi more front and center, like that's not necessarily where all of the, the conflict happens. Um, but being courageous in living our values will attract the right people to us and push the wrong people away. Mm -hmm. And I think this comes back to our sense of authenticity in ourselves. So the courageousness to act in a way that is in alignment with our values, if that, if that value is traditional or if it is not traditional, I mean, I think that there's, there's an argument for both being divisive right now. Um, I think that's really where that, that message of authenticity and whether you're truly being courageous or not is so important. Right. I think that some people will put on that cloak of I need to be more crass. The world is very sweary now and I should be that way. But that if, if that isn't authentic to you, in fact, that, that isn't a courageous move because the motivation isn't courageous. It's and I think that's part of it. I think, you know, when you're talking about how we niche and how we express ourselves to to match up with our ideal target market it's that is one application of courage in an entrepreneur's life. I think that 
it's an interesting thing how intimate and deep courage can be. And that really is why entrepreneurism is so challenging in every way. It's what we confront every day as entrepreneurs, even in the smallest things that we do or that we choose not to do. Uh, we've already confronted, if we choose to go out on our own, the question of what will others think of me, which tends to be a place of fear uh, for most people and, and the idea of feeling courage to express oneself on that larger kind of in that larger sense. But in every action, in every step, the same question is something that we beg of ourselves. And and sometimes it's not just who will other people or what will other people think of me rather, but it is who do I think I am for stepping into this authentic, open version of myself. And that takes a lot of courage. So let's go back to our interview with Heather and find out a bit more about the different types of courage and how they show up in our lives. I want to just back up a little bit and go back again to the different types of courage. Um, where, how do we know where we fall with the types of courage? Because I feel like I understand the concepts. I love the examples you shared. Um, but in my day-to-day, I feel like I jump around from maybe being fearless one moment to you know having false courage to probably less extraordinary courage through my day at least. But I'm jumping around. And um, is there a way to really understand where we hang out the most and almost evaluate our current status with courage? And then as as a follow-up to that, is there an ideal that we're working towards? Is it to be purely in simple courage? Or maybe that's not what we're striving for. It's like mostly simple courage, but it's okay to be fearless, a little fearless, and even a little bit of false courage is okay too. So I think that like we can totally go in and out of these all of the time, right? To think that we are going to be in any one box all of the time or that we need a perfect you know, ratio or formula um, I feel like that in and of itself is an example of patriarchal conditioning, <laughs> right? Like where it goes back to that checklist or the formula or what what is the ratio I'm striving for? Because if you just tell me the rules, then I can achieve them for us high achievers, right? Like we are like, just tell us the rules and then we'll go for that. So there is no answer to that. Like there's no perfect answer. There's no rule. There's no formula. Um, and, but I will say, you know, fearlessness, I mean, you're afraid or you're not afraid. So you are, you're not, you know, um, and it's perfectly okay to be fearless. I think it goes back to that curiosity piece, the awareness piece. If you know that that's where you are, then, I mean, it's just, oh, okay, cool. I'm fearless. And that's really cool. Like it's a way to embrace who you are. Like, look, that's really cool that I'm not afraid of that. Um, with extraordinary courage, you don't really plan for or prep for that. It's really in the moment, like it's fight or flight. So you're going to react however you act, react, right? Like it's truly a life and death, you know, situation, uh, physical danger. So for the most part, and where I think we can learn and where we can grow is mostly having awareness around false courage versus simple courage. And that really is based on the underlying motivation. So are you trying to be courageous in order to be accepted by others? Are you trying to be courageous um, to fit the role and the expectations that others have for you? Or are you trying to be courageous because it's 
what you want to do for yourself. A, a question I often get is, is false courage the same as, you know, fake it till you make it? Um, and the truth is you can use the whole fake it till you make it to support simple courage. It's the question is simply, why are you doing it? Like, what's the underlying motivation? Um, I think to think that we would never have false courage is um, asking us to live up to an expectation that's not realistic. We are human. <laughs> so I think that it's always going to be there. Um, and like from from my perspective, I, I love mindfulness because it allows me grace and forgiveness that I wouldn't normally offer myself. So when I witness that I am in a place of false courage, I don't have to say you're a bad person. You're not doing this right. I can just say, hmm, look at that. Isn't that interesting that um, I'm not in a place where I'm willing to truly show up in the way that I want for whatever reason? And I'm just going to say, I'm just going to witness it. I'm just going to be I'm just going to be present with it um, because that in and of itself is going to allow me to move through it. But yeah, I think we want to, I think, I think most of us want to start to move into a place of more and more simple courage simply because the more true we are to ourselves, the happier we will become. And I think that that is that elusive thing that we're always seeking searching for, chasing after is that happiness. I think of, I often think of Bronnie Ware's The Five Regrets of the Dying. Um, and, you know, the number one regret that that she discovered in, in speaking with so many people who were on their deathbed was um, that most people felt as though they wished they had had the courage to live a life true to themselves. And at the end of the day, I think that's what simple courage is. Um, so if you you know, if you're cool with dying with regrets, <laughs> then like false courage it up all day, every day, right? Like far be it for me to tell you that this is what you need. But if, if you want to move towards a life that you're like, you know what, if life is a choose your own adventure, I had some really good adventures and I'm glad that I chose them intentionally as a, as opposed to just following the path that was put in front of me and expected of me. So I'm, I'm guessing that this is resonating really well with a lot of people in our audience, simply because people often go to copywriting because they want more control in their life and they want to do things differently than maybe they were doing in, in the corporate world. Um, so I, I want to shift the conversation just a little bit and ask about your business. And particularly as you transition from being, you know, an overworked attorney into coaching and then this discovery that, you know, you wanted to do something bigger or better. Walk us through that process, how, you know, how, how you went from knowing that you weren't doing the right thing to figuring out what is the thing that is the right thing. So my guess is like with a lot of copywriters, you have like an idea of, of what you want your life to look like, but you wonder, is it possible? I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? Like, so simple courage, like as a post-it note, I, you know, I've always wanted to speak and write and really have, really have a mission-based, movement-based business. That was always the case. I mean, from the moment I was a little girl and I imagined what my life was going to look like when I was an adult, it was basically having a microphone, right? And a large audience where I was making a difference. The only thing that ever kept me from doing that was a belief that it wasn't possible. And that was either because 
you know, I didn't think I was good enough or other people told me I couldn't. And, you know, I suspect I'm not, I'm not a copywriter, but I suspect that you've probably heard more than once that what you, your ideal vision for life is not possible. You know what I mean? Like either you can be a creative and enjoy your day and your time, or you can be a business person and make money. Like you can't have it all. You can't have, you know, both. And so, you know, even if we rebel against that, we do internalize it and we start to take it in and we make decisions around that and related to that. So for me, you know, I knew I wanted to do Simple Courage, but I had my own fear. I mean, it's very meta. That's why I'm like, I don't have all the answers. I mean, it's my journey too. It's all of our journeys of how do you just move forward towards that. And for me, you know, I think I had shared in May of 2019, I actually went to, I was going to a speaking workshop. Um, I felt very comfortable speaking, but I actually had had been invited to a conference to speak on a topic I hadn't spoken on before. I didn't have much time. And so I thought I just need like someone to help me quickly put this speech together. Uh, so I went to a renowned public speaking school to work on this. And while I was there, I don't know what it is about post-it notes, doing another post-it note exercise, I had this like look on my face and uh, the, the teacher came over and she was like, are you confused? Do you need help with something? And I was like, no, I'm not confused. And she was like, well, you, you look, there's this look on your face. And I said, I'm just, I'm having a moment. I said, I'm really sad because I'm working on this how-to speech. When what I really want to talk about is simple courage. What I really want to talk about is something bigger and more meaningful. And she was like, well, why don't you talk about that? I was like, well, no one wants me to talk about that. No one's paying me to talk about that. She was like, well, why don't you put it together and just start charging money for it? <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, why not? Like, why not practice a little simple courage there? And so what I decided in that moment was I'm going to hire these people. I'm going to work with them for a year and I'm only going to work on simple courage. So even as I've got my business going on, doing the high-end masterminds, the coaching, the strategic, over here, I'm going to explore the simple courage. And for me, that was all I could do at the time was to make it almost like a hobby or a side project. And so as I worked on that and as I put it together, I then got a little bit braver. And so when people were asking for me to come in and do workshops and speaking because I was public speaking at the time, I started saying, I only offer one speech now and it's simple courage. And I just, I was like, what's the worst that can happen? And so people were like, sounds great. And they paid me for it. And I was like, oh, look, now I'm, now I am a paid speaker for simple courage. And then as I was doing the podcast, I had a really successful podcast um, and I knew I wanted to talk about simple courage. I was like, what's the worst could, that could happen if I closed one down and started another? And that's where it's not like I was fearless. There was a ton of fear there, but I just said, let's just do it. Let's just try it. Let's get uncomfortable. So the first thing I did was I made an announcement. I committed to, I'm going to stop this podcast so that I can work on another and then as, you know, I, I was working on a piece in the business and I would say, well, what if we did this with Simple Courage? So I just, it's not, it's not as if I burned the whole business down one day and just said like, let's take this huge leap. It was with little bitty steps that felt really huge in the, at the moment, 
uh, they felt really scary that I said, let's just try this. Let's just try this. Let's just try this. And so slowly over time, uh, we decided to fully transition and end our masterminds and strategic work so that we could go all in on simple courage. So it might look as though this just happened in a single moment, but as often happens when, you know, you look behind the scenes, it was a journey. It, it, it was just small steps in the making that eventually to others, the outside world looks like one huge leap. To a copywriter who's listening and is like, I, I want to make a big pivot too. Um, what advice would you give them now that you've been through it and through the pivot, maybe a, some practical advice on what you would do differently or maybe what you did exactly. And then even just like some mindset advice about how to handle that transition and change because it's not, like you said, it's not easy along the way. It could take a month. It could take a couple of years. So what advice would you give based off your experience? Yeah. You know, so one of my frustrations and the interesting thing is I don't actually have an answer to it, but I want to acknowledge it, um, is I'm an all in kind of girl, which means I struggle with having my attention pulled in multiple directions. When I left my law firm, for example, I did not have a side hustle and you might have a lot of people doing that now, right? They're in corporate, but they have the side hustle and they want to build it. That's not my personality. So like even when I left the law firm, I didn't really have a plan, but I knew I had to exit out to be able to go all in on that. So, you know, I was doing a little bit like you and I, we were doing some research and development. We were doing a little bit on the side, but I was really still focused on serving my current clients and I wasn't able to really go all in until February of this year. And what I wish was that I had a different kind of personality, I guess, uh, because it would. I really wish that I could have been developing and digging into Simple Courage even more um, back in the fall because it's been frustrating for me how long it's taking me to bring this to life. I'm such, you know, an action taker. I'm a quick start on Colby that um, I just wish that we we were further along than we are right now. And so much of that was being an all-in kind of girl. So for those of you who um, can juggle both, then I that's what I would do. That's what I would recommend. It definitely is going to provide a better safety net for you uh, to make the pivot, but still, you know, keep with what you've got. Um I'm trying to think, would I have any other advice? Um, the other piece is, I think, so when I was doing the other parts of the business, right? When I was doing the strategic coaching, the masterminds, you know, I never had fear putting those offers out there. And because I have insecurities around simple courage, because it feels more creative, I have a lot of insecurities around that. Do people want that part of me? I very much have noticed that um, I I get a little bit more paralyzed. I, I do procrastinate a little bit more. And so with that, I've just tried to be gentle with myself. I've just tried to say like, yeah, I get that in other areas of your life, even in business, you know, it's easy for you to take action, but you were fearless there, Heather. Um, and you're not fearless here. Like you're scared. You are scared to death. So in that sense, you just have to know that like, it's okay for it to take a little bit more time and to just be a little bit more forgiving of yourself and a little bit more gentle 
with yourself as you are taking the action. The question is, are you showing up every day? Not are you showing up every day the way that you would if you were fearless, because you're never going to be able to compare, right? You're never going to be able to compete. But if you show up every day and you're getting a little bit more uncomfortable every day, then you're doing the thing. Um, So that would be my recommendation. If the pivot feels huge, if the pivot feels big, if it feels so overwhelming that you have these days where you just feel paralyzed, know that any action is better than no action. So Heather, as you uh, talk about that, I'm curious, like what things went wrong as you went through this whole process? Where did you struggle? Yeah. You know, when I started my first business, it was just me and um, I'm scrappy. So, you know, there was really not much I could screw up because I had time on my hands. And um, when we were transitioning to Simple Courage, I, you know, my business had grown and I had a team. I have employees. Um, And so there were a few transitions happening there. One was the roles and responsibilities weren't going to look the same. And they wanted to be a part of Simple Courage. I wanted them to be a part of Simple Courage. But part of that was like trying to figure out, well, how do we, how do we make that transition with the team and who's going to do what? And as I was developing it all, you know, I had employees who were like ready to go and I still had to get it all out of my head. Um, I have to say in so many ways, when you're developing something from scratch, it's almost easier when it's just yourself initially. Um, so that definitely, I mean, I don't know if I would call it a screw up, but there were, there's definitely been a lot of hiccups in trying to make that transition to, you know, being able to keep your employees employed while you are burning down one revenue stream and starting another, figuring out how they're going to move over, what their roles and responsibilities are going to look like. And it's really hard to delegate things or build systems around things when you're developing it for the very, very first time. So that has been a huge learning curve and even more of a reason to maybe not really do the whole all in kind of thing (laughs) that works when you have the, um, the time space ability, you know, finances, and it's just you when you have an entire team, um, like that probably was not the best approach. I mean, it's worked out, but it definitely, there were many, many uncomfortable moments, um, this spring trying to figure all of that out. So Heather, I know I still have so many questions for you but we were going to wrap. So we'll have to bring you back to ask all the other questions. But uh, can you talk to us a little bit about where you are in this process? Like the next steps you mentioned, the founder's launch. Can you talk about what you're about to launch and what you're most excited about right now? Yes, 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 yes. So um, we are through our betas. We've gone through all of our beta programs and I know you participated in one and we loved having you in there, Kira. Um, We are now moving to our membership. So that really is the core of what the program, well, not the program, but the platform is all about. It's about community and it's about being in a place where it's not curriculum based, but it is being in a place where you have the ability to explore, to stay in a place of curiosity, to be guided so that you're not having to kind of figure it out on your own and to be surrounded by others who are also committed and in this same place of wanting to 
really get aligned with their values, be true to themselves, to get uncomfortable, and to be more courageous every day. So that's going to open in September, but we are doing founders launches um, this spring. So for anyone who you know is like, I need this in my life, I want this in my life, they are going to have the opportunity to raise their hands now. Um, and just from a business perspective, the way that's working is we're giving like crazy, um, insanely discounted pricing for anyone who joins, uh, lifetime pricing, lots of perks, lots of bonuses, uh, mostly because it lets us know the interest level. Um, and it lets us reward those who are willing to invest in themselves and us before doors open. So that's that's where we're where we are. That's what we're super, super excited about is inviting in our founders now and then giving them lots of love over the summer. Um, and then really gearing up for this amazing community uh, that will start getting together starting September one. So Heather, if somebody's interested in that or they want to connect with you, or they want to listen to the new podcast, uh, you know, basically get more Heather in their lives, where should they go and what should they do? Yeah. The easiest way to do that is just go to simplecourage.com. That will definitely get on the email list because that is where we send out all of the links for founding member offers, all of that good stuff. Um, so, and we don't put that anywhere else. So definitely get on the email list and you can also follow us on Instagram. That's also simple courage. The podcast right now we have a pop-up podcast. So we're playing with that concept. I love strategy and marketing and all the things. So we're playing with this concept of a pop-up podcast here today, gone tomorrow. So they can come listen to that while they still can. And that's on any podcast app. Again, simple courage. We keep it easy. We're going to have a more creative one um, coming out later in July. But if they subscribe to the pop-up podcast, uh, that's going to turn into the other permanent one. So th if they're subscribed, they won't miss an episode. Well, thank you, Heather, for joining us today and sharing so much behind the scenes of Simple Courage. I know you've helped me look at courage differently and um, helped me personally and in business too. And I am excited to be a founding member. <laughs> so I will be a founding member as well. And so anyway, thank you for being here with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. So that's the end of our interview with Heather Hubbard. And before we go, obviously, as we do every week, there's a few more things that we want to touch base on. Um, number one thing that jumped out to me from this second half is the one way that, that we show courage isn't necessarily by bravely moving forward, but it's sometimes it's stopping to ask for help. You know, we don't have to do everything on our own. Sometimes it takes a lot of courage to admit we can't do this on our own. And that, that just kind of started to occur to me as Heather was talking about, you know, how this shows up in our business and, and um, what keeps, you know, what, what keeps happening to us as we go through some of these struggles. So Tamara, what else stood out to you from this part of the, the interview? For me, a lot of this felt like important messages to the collective um, right now. In, there, there was both the collective and the individual. But as I think about what Heather's saying in this second half of your conversation, 
it strikes me that we've been in, as a collective, such a state of exposing places in which false courage is coming up versus the opportunity to exhibit simple courage in everyday life. And I'm excited about how we might be able to refine our ability to recognize this and to call upon simple courage more regularly with both more tact and effectiveness than maybe we've individually or collectively been able to do before. Um, and I think that's actually one of the challenges that humanity has right now. It's it's about, a, of course, like affecting our ability to achieve more in life in general, but also in our work too. So if I think about you know the collective and how we're exposing places in which false courage is coming up versus the opportunity to exhibit simple courage as a collective. When I think about it as individuals, I think back to what, what simple courage is. And I think of course of Shakespeare, to thy own self be true. And what does that mean, especially as we, we look at our futures coming out of the past year and a half that we've all experienced and the changes that we each have been confronted with potentially making in our lives. And for a lot of us that is, professionally leaving something that we've done before that felt safe and that felt positive and acceptable and trying something new, um, having new ideas of how we want our lives to look. And as Heather said, the only thing keeping us back from experiencing that is the belief that it's not possible or the belief that others have instilled in us that it's not possible and the act of rebellion that it takes is the challenge that we have now. Are we willing to take that act of rebellion to experiment with how we want our lives to look and using simple courage to step-by-step step choose something new in our professional lives, developing something that is exciting to us and that feels aligned for us, but that maybe hasn't been given to us as a path that is acceptable or that will be successful on some other external scale of success. Yeah, it's, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, the last couple of years, last year and a half, you know, it's come really uh, clear to everybody that life is not safe, right? And certainly there's a lot to be said for trying to make life safer, but the fact of the matter is, you know, it, it just, it's not 100% safe. And that means that it does take some amount of courage to step out into the world um, and, and do the things that we want to do. And you, obviously you can apply this to all kinds of things. And I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, taking a side favoring, you know, like, oh, he's talking about, you know, should you wear a mask or not? I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm, you know, the world isn't a safe place, no matter what, before, after, you know, the, the last year and a half, and it still takes courage to get out there. Um, some of the things that we tell ourselves make things that aren't unsafe feel unsafe. You know, like getting on stage, like getting in front of the right clients, like pitching a client that you wanted to work with and and don't know. And like some of those things can feel safe and they're not unsafe physically, um, but emotionally, you know, there's there's some costs that link to that. And so stepping into uh, a, a courageous role uh, is something I think that, um, you know, more of us can do. And as I was listening to Heather talk about this, it actually reminded me of um, the book uh, Alter Ego Effect, uh, which you know has been passed around, it's Todd Herman's book about like how do you put on this 
alter ego, this other personality that allows you to be something that you are not. And I think those two, these two ideas of simple courage, alter ego go hand in hand and allow us to step out into a world that sometimes is physically unsafe and sometimes simply feels unsafe and lets us move forward in the things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. There was something interesting to me in this tension between false courage and simple courage, that you almost need to have the false courage for a split second in order to have the simple courage. And I think in that way, false courage is okay to have because it what will, it's what will lead you to the actual step you have to take, that leap that you have to make. And for me, I love that you've brought up Todd Herman's book, Rob, because I think in it, he suggests that the real alter ego isn't Superman. It's actually Clark Kent. Superman is the real, the real guy. And I think we all have that in it. We could probably have a whole conversation with Heather about you know, superheroes and the four types of courage. But in real life application, that false courage moving to simple courage, that step of recognizing your superhero, for me, Wonder Woman, uh, for me, knowing that Wonder Woman is the real me, Diana Prince is just the person that I walk through everyday life with. That's what allows me to stand on that precipice when I'm making, and particularly the courageous choice to pivot in one's career or to pivot in one in the decisions one has made up until a certain point. It's that standing on the precipice, I can see Wonder Woman now, I see the wind in her hair, and I see her standing on that precipice, the place where you're about to take the leap of faith. The moment of not knowing whether or not you will fly, whether or not the parachute or the safety net will appear. That's when you choose going from that false courage to take the step and the simple courage of being in the risk. Feeling that fear and doing it anyway is at once terrifying and completely freeing. Agreed. Courage, uh, for lack of a better definition, is the principle of action. It's, uh, you know, having it allows us to take action, but also it's it's kind of necessary to to like in the moment of acting. So it definitely makes us more able to accomplish the things that we value, the things that we want ultimately in life. That's so true. And I think that taking of action is particularly important when we look at it in terms of the journey we're taking to, to courage and to making those leaps and knowing that we don't really have to do them alone. If, we can find a community that can support us through that leap and through that change. And I think that's part of what makes a courageous person able to walk those steps or take that leap. You can have that courage and stand on the precipice and be there for such a long time. If you feel you have no support at all, will you take that step on your own? I think it's so much easier it's still scary. You still need to have that sense of courage, but it is easier when you find a community that can support you through that change. Yeah. I mean, let's go back to the original idea you started with the cowardly lion, Wizard of Oz. You know, if he, if the lion hadn't had the Tin Man and Scarecrow and Dorothy and maybe Toto, 
he never gets to the end. Actually, none of them get to the end, right? They, they all needed each other, which is the point of the story. But, uh, you know, where he was lacking courage, supposedly, throughout the entire movie, um, it was the community that helped pull it out of him. And so, uh, yeah, I like that. I like that frame. And, and that might be a pretty good place to stop here. So we want to thank Heather Hubbard for joining us on the podcast today. If you want to connect with Heather and find out more about Simple Courage, you can find her podcast, which is also called Simple Courage, on your favorite podcast app. Be sure to check out simplecourage.com where she's doing some pretty cool things, helping in particular women uh, be more courageous in the things that they want to do with their lives and with their careers. So make sure you check that out. That's the end of this episode of the Copywriter Club podcast. The intro music was composed by copywriter and songwriter Addison Rice. The outro was composed by copywriter and songwriter David Muntner. If you enjoyed what you've heard, please visit Apple Podcasts to leave your review of the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I want to thank Tamara for coming on and uh, yeah, sharing your insights into courage. So thanks for being here, Tamara. Be sure to check out her podcast and everything else that she's doing. And we will see you all next week. Copywriters coming together to help the world write better copy and make more money.